the Cannabishes. Welcome to High Tea. High Tea is a high vibe cannabis entertainment company for women who also love weed. This is a thoughtful and blunt exploration of pot and its magic, the role it has in the lives and processes of cool and creative people everywhere, and an evolving cannabis culture we're seeing happen before our very eyes. We're elevating perceptions with every episode. Listen up as we go in. Welcome back, my Cannavishes, to the next episode of your favorite podcast. I'm your host, Jen Newton, otherwise known as Newts, and this is High Tea Life. So today we're talking about cannabis and parents, moms specifically. This is an episode I've been wanting to do for a while now. To me, cannabis and parenthood seems really like the last frontier in terms of not only understanding, but the necessary work that needs to be done in breaking the stigmas around the plant. I can't help but laugh a little that society has left the heavy lifting to the people who already have the hardest job in the world, and yet I'm not surprised. So despite the evidence that we have proving the many ways that the plant can help support people through motherhood in ways like stress and sleep management, for example, and despite the many astounding truths of human physiology we now know, such as the presence of endocannabinoids naturally occurring in women's breast milk and reproductive organs, the stigma around weed and motherhood still remains rampant, be it between peers, mom to mom, between parents, between co-parents, and even sometimes that battle within with yourself. The subject is complex for a wide range of reasons, and as you can imagine, the research on the topic is sparse. Even just recently, a study around smoking pot during pregnancy caused a moral uproar. I think it might have gotten shut down. And yet, even prior to a worldwide pandemic lockdown, that big wave of wine moms converting to weed moms had already begun with legalization. A 2017 survey found that 54% of American cannabis users are parents. 30% of these have kids under 18. And a recent six-year-long study, and after nearly six years of comparing study results, researchers at Columbia University, the New York State Psychiatric Institute, and Swinburne University have found that prenatal cannabis exposure does not lead to cognitive impairment in children based on data from decades worth of studies on the issue. Research had previously established that prenatal cannabis exposure doesn't seem to adversely affect children's physical development, but the question of whether or not it could affect their cognitive development had remained somewhat unanswered until this time. So from prenatal to postpartum, infancy through adolescence, even through episodes such as abortion and miscarriage, Today, we're going to explore the many ways that cannabis supports parents, mothers especially. From what formats will work best to the beauty of microdosing and everything in between, today I chat with Kira Fay, founder of Cannabis and Parenthood, about the real gift the medicine is bringing parents everywhere. Presence. Listen up. It's High Tea Life. We're here today with Kira Fay, who's the founder of Cannabis and Parenthood. Our theme this month is about 
destigmatizing and really shining a light on the truth of the people who are using this plant and why. And I feel like what a better way than to talk to somebody who's doing this from a perspective of motherhood. That really feels like the last frontier to destigmatization, mm-hmm. right? So welcome, Kira. Hello. Thank so you. So happy to have you here. It's exciting to be here and talk more about this topic and just get the message out there. There's a lot of people who, who need to hear it. Oh, I feel like everybody needs to hear it. Even my mom friends who smoke weed and consume weed because there's like this secrecy, veil of secrecy and this sort of stigma and guilt and all these forces coming together, adding extra pressure on what feels like the hardest job in the world. I don't know. I only have- No, no, no. Well, we're women, so we should be used to that by now. (laughs) Right. No, no. With with motherhood, that definitely adds another- level of pressure, especially because I think you don't really think about it until you become a mother. And then you don't really understand it until you actually personally experience it. It's very, very personal and it's unique to each individual. I didn't think about motherhood and cannabis. I was in the industry before I was was pregnant. I was going to say, tell us about your story, how this, how your work and your mission started. Oh my. Um, (laughs) We'll start rather like early because I don't want to get into that, but I moved to the U.S. in 2014. I was living in Tokyo, Japan at the mm-hmm. time. Cannabis wasn't really anything. I was just going to say, about. do they yeah. consume they much do, yeah, there? Yeah. Well, yeah, you like you mainly you find weed from like the Australians. Okay. In my personal experience. So that's where the weed like my friends consume. I've always hung out with stoners since like university, I've always hung out with stoners, but I never consumed just because I was an orphan. I am an orphan. So I never did anything that would put me at extra risk. So I didn't drink. I didn't consume. I didn't do drugs. You know, I didn't do anything. I was like straight edge, I guess. And that was like an extra layer of protection because I had nobody. So I didn't think about cannabis ever. I knew people who smoked it and they smoked it. They were chill, you know, whatever. Let's play video games. When I went to Japan, it came up once in a while because I was working. I was modeling for a couple of years and then that got boring. And then I became an English teacher and a lot of English teachers in Japan are Australian. So they would smoke, they'd bite me over and I'd like smoke hookah with, with them and stuff. But I'd never like consume because, you know, you're a foreigner and you're in a foreign country consuming something illegal. I don't, I don't want to play with that. So I just never did it. But it's, I never thought about it ever. I never thought about it as being some like stigmatized plant. I'm just like, oh, it's weed, whatever, pass. It was like, I always saw it as someone's personal decision to consume it and and it had nothing to do with it. And then when I moved to the US in 2014, um, as I mentioned, I'm an orphan. I come from a long history of childhood trauma. I didn't notice, realize that, but I was feeling really sick. Um, I lost a lot of weight and I just was not doing well mentally. And I didn't know why. And then I started consuming because my boyfriend, my husband now, but my boyfriend at the time, he was consuming for insomnia and he had like CBD two to one ratio and he, you know, gave me a joint and I'm like, oh shit, here we go. And then I consume it. I'm just sitting there like, oh my God, I have never been so relaxed 
in my entire life. Cause if you would see me, like it looked like I had spikes all over my body. I was so on edge all the time and just anxious and nervous and like, don't touch me, don't touch me. Yeah. Like and when I consumed it. It, oh yeah. I was just always like this, like, I'm going to get, someone's going to try and hurt me. Something's mm. going to happen. Mm. What's going to happen. I was always anxious. Like fight or flight. You were always in that always. state. Yeah. And I'm just sitting there like, Oh, okay. Wow. Are these my hands? And I was just like looking at myself and I have lots of scars from my childhood, um, malpractice and whatnot, long stories. So I was able to finally like look at them and just see myself. And it was a really unique experience and I loved it, but I didn't understand it. And then I really got excited and I'm like, let's get in the cannabis industry. I want to make edibles. I want everyone who's ever felt anxious to feel how I feel right now. Cause it is amazing. And I didn't know. And so I had this whole mission of edibles. I worked with Weed Maps for a while doing cooking shows with them called Cooking with Kira. Um, I like it. I'm yeah, going to Google like, it. I don't. <laughs> I did a lot of things or just anything that I thought was useful and helpful. That's what I, I wanted to be about that. And then here we go. I got pregnant. I'm working in a dispensary and I'm pregnant. And I didn't, I didn't even, it never dawned on me. Ever, never thought about it. Right. And um, I told my like dispensary managers and they didn't let me go, but they were definitely pushing on, oh, you shouldn't be here mm. as a pregnant woman. And I'm just like, wait, excuse me. Right. So that was my first time being treated that way. And I, I didn't get it. I'm like, what do you mean? Because I'm pregnant. I can't. What does that mean? Explain this to me. Explain it. And they couldn't explain it. And then I got more like something's happening here. What is this? This like social rule that I don't know about. And I've never like experienced it before. And then, you know, you go to the OB and you tell them that you consume and then you get the same reaction. And I'm like, wait a minute, what's happening? Like, why are these people reacting this way to something so basic? I don't understand. And that's kind of how Cannabis and Parenthood was born, was I didn't get the information that I wanted. It made me feel lost, frustrated, and really vulnerable. And that upset me. So I decided to start this page so women can come to it and, and find a resource or just something that's relatable that they can understand. Because being pregnant is, is a very vulnerable point in a woman's life. And not having support is just unfathomable. Like, I can't, it doesn't make sense to me well, my sister got pregnant with her first and we went out there looking for some information around mm. cannabis and pregnancy specifically. There is no information. There's like one study out of Jamaica that everyone talks about, you know, bumping it, your IQ points up a few notches. And beyond <laughs> that, there hasn't been a ton of research in the space. And it sounds like as a result of stigma, it's crazy to me that the people already who have the most heavy lifting to do in society now have to do the heavy lifting here. Talk to me about the importance of education and feels like that's what the mission you're on. Like you're doing surveys and you're, you're having conversations about subject matters that really other people don't seem to be. As I mentioned, I, I come from a traumatic past. And not having support and resources and something that I can go to and something that will help me is hard for me not to, I need to provide that for women because I don't like people feeling that way. I don't like when people feel scared and sad and lonely. I don't like it. So I try to create this community where you have somewhere to go. 
Yeah. And that's what cannabis in parenthood is. And I think people see it in a different light than what I see. And I think I might need to highlight it or be more vocal about what my page is really about. Cause a lot of people think it's about, I'm going to smoke cannabis. I'm a pregnant mom and I'm smoking and it's okay. That's not what I'm doing. That's not my advocacy at all. My advocacy is more along the lines of women are going to smoke or consume cannabis when they're pregnant and breastfeeding. What does that look like? What does that mean? And it's can not, it possibly not, be a beneficial thing, right? Right. And that's wild where idea. There's I think, a plant that helps us. I, I seem, or pe- I think people see my pages. I'm so pro and I'm so like for cannabis and I'm not, that's not necessarily the case. I'm for science and I'm for what makes sense and what kind of data do we have and what does that look like? I do see it at more like from an optimistic point of view. So like a lot of studies that I read often focus or highlight like the, the negative sides of cannabis, not necessarily the positive sides. Mm-hmm. So I really try and focus on the positive sides while also bringing forth those negative effects as well. Speaking of the science, let's talk about that. We know that there's endocannabinoids, which are human occurring cannabinoids found in breast milk and in our reproductive organs and at different stages throughout our cycles. So can we talk a little bit about what we know about how cannabis benefits parenthood, but mothers specifically? Like pregnant mothers or breastfeeding mothers or I th- just, oh, let's t- I say, let's talk through the stages of it. What do we know okay. about pregnancy and into breastfeeding postpartum as they age, the issues become more societal. And if your neighbors know you're doing it, or if your ex-husband does or things like that, right? Yeah. No, that's where things get very messy. Um, they do. A single woman, we don't even consider you have a, a legal implication and parenthood, neighborhood, parents being friends, kids being friends, whole other narrative to deal with in terms of judgment and stigma that we're not up against. Never thought of. Yeah, no, that is right. Um, let's start with pregnancy. So there aren't a lot of studies around cannabis and pregnancy and consumption. If there are, a lot of them have too many variables to really use the data they're inconclusive, really. There's right. just not enough information or some of them are just very old and they incorporate tobacco and alcohol use. Right. So it's just not accurate or clear. So there isn't, it's not clear. Yeah, it's not clear. And so I have this theory about cannabis and um, consuming cannabis while pregnant, be it smoking, you know, edibles or dabbing, which I'm not for. I'm not for dabbing while pregnant. It doesn't uh, feel good. <laughs> it doesn't it's just, it's good. just too much THC. It, it, it really good. is. Yeah. I don't, I don't personally like it, but, um, right. So I have this theory that if you introduce, for example, phytocannabinoids, plant derived cannabinoids from the cannabis plant, if you introduce phytocannabinoids to a developing endocannabinoid system, be it the baby in your womb. So if you introduce phytocannabinoids to a developing endocannabinoid system, what does that look like? What does that mean? Does that somehow stunt the natural growth of an endocannabinoid system? Does it boost it? What does it do? Right. And there isn't a lot of information on what it looks like with THC crossing the placenta and, you know, the blood brain barrier, how much the fetus absorbs. Like, we don't know. We don't have, we, there are some studies that do discuss it and do have some information, but there just really isn't enough to make like a conclusive, you know, theory. Like we have no idea. And it's really hard to study on pregnant women. It's really hard to get like conclusive data, data that is more isolated and doesn't consist of all of these variables. 
So what we do have, or what I have is just anecdotal evidence mm-hmm. of women who were consuming while pregnant. I did for the first four months. Cause I didn't know I was pregnant for the first four months. Impressive. I love that. No idea. <laughs> Cause I was consuming. So all those like mm-hmm. negative side effects, I didn't even n- notice them. I was taking birth control, which is crazy. So I just, I didn't know. I didn't know. And I consumed, and my daughter is wonderful. She's mm-hmm. wonderful. And that's the anecdotal evidence I have from others who do consume while pregnant, which is why I conduct those surveys is because I'm just trying to get information and data and try to understand what's going on from a human perspective and the human experience with cannabis and pregnancy for now. I do have something in the works though on conducting my own studies. Moving on to breastfeeding, thankfully, there's a lot more information. There's this one study that was in University of Texas, and they have a lot of information. The study pool was very small. It was just eight women, super tiny. But the information that we got from the study is wonderful. The study highlights various cannabinoids, not just THC, which is really rare when you look at studies. They just focus on that psychoactive effect. But they're studying like the THC uh, converts to different uh, metabolites, you know, as you slowly digest it, or as it's in your bloodstream, it converts. And so it's focusing on that as well. So it's very fascinating. It's very interesting. And what they found is interesting because they're discovering that the child doesn't consume as much THC as previous studies claimed. Mm-hmm. They're consuming other cannabinoids as well, which aren't active or psychoactive, for example. So it's very much like CBD. It's just beneficial. <laughs> this is through breastfeeding. Oh, wow. Breastfeeding. Yeah. Interesting. Because as we know, but just in case people who are listening don't, the cannabinoids work in what we call the entourage effect to establish balance in the body, right? Equilibrium, homeostasis, Homeostasis. call it what you will. That's a theory. If the mother is endocannabinoid deficient, does the cannabinoids that she's phytocannabinoids that she's consuming or inhaling, does that benefit the baby as well? Isn't that interesting? Morning sickness. I'm sure people are like, I need, they're turning to the plant, right? Mm -hmm. There are a lot of women who have use for example like their first pregnancy they use pharmaceuticals like zofran or like anti-nausea anti-emetic you know like pills they'll use those the first pregnancy and they were like i hated that that was awful i was a zombie i didn't feel good and then the second pregnancy they'll you know switch to cannabis and then they compare the two i have a lot of information on that and every time (laughs) the mother always says i'm so happy i switched the plant that was the best decision for me and my baby and oftentimes you see them as their children get older, they often compare their children, you know, out of love, but they compare their children being like the one who I consume cannabis with seems to be doing better. And that can mean a lot of things because there's a lot of variables in that as well, environment, livelihood. There's so many things that could be involved with that, but you can't help but think, was cannabis beneficial? And the pharmaceuticals weren't like, you, you know, moms often have those kinds of course, Of course. Of course. So, you know. And I can't keep, I can't, it just blows my mind that it's so wild to the majority of culture that there's plants that heal us. It feels like we're supposed to all coexist together, you know? It's just like an, I like to call it old world mentality. Yeah. So it's just, it's just hard. And I, I, you know, like the more that you and I, the more that we do this, the easier and easier and like the slower we're going to get to our goal, but it's just old world mentality. And we, we, it's nobody's fault except the people responsible, but it's so hard to point fingers. So there's really nothing you can do, but just try and share information and educate. Totally. And that's what, I mean, that's really what this is, is the education is how the destigmatization happens. 
right? It's these ahas that we're supposed to work with it. Okay. At the same time as breastfeeding is often happening, I imagine postpartum also creeps up a lot. Oh gosh, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, I did a post on my cannabis and parenthood page where I remember reading about postpartum depression in my like what to expect book. And I'm just, I'm like actually giggled at it. Cause I'm like, <laughs> that won't affect me. That's ridiculous. But I was cocky. I was yeah. cocky. I'm, yeah. I didn't understand. I had no idea what I was because I've never, you have to really genuinely go through it to understand what's happening. So it's really hard to explain to people. And that's why I think it's often not taken seriously. Cause it's like, what are you talking about? You're sad. Like you just had a baby. You should be happy. And you're like, no, it's a chemical imbalance. Like it's so hard to explain, but postpartum depression is very real. There's postpartum anxiety. There's postpartum rage. There's all mm-hmm. sorts. Postpartum depression is definitely the most common, like, right. you know, well-known but there is anxiety and rage as well. I went through postpartum, I want to say depression and anxiety. Okay. So I was sad for no reason. I it's, it was just, it's depressing. It's depression. It's depression. After mm-hmm. having a child anxiety of constantly being in fear of, is my baby going to be okay? Right. And it, it's every mom goes through it to some capacity. You know, some moms are a little more over the top. Some moms are not as, for the first couple of months I was microdosing. So I wasn't consuming much cause I was, you know, I was, um, breastfeeding and I just was conscious. I'm conscious right. of my, my consumption. Yeah. Exactly. I yeah. consume with intention, not just because I want the feeling I consume because I think, okay, I, I might need to nip this in the bud. And, you know, I, I feel like an episode's coming on and, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> it got so bad. I did, I shaved the side of my head. I'm so sorry, Brittany. Yeah. I had one of those moments yep. and I understood her at that yep. time. I'm like, oh, this is what happened. Okay. But it's very real. Okay. And, um, after I did that, I kind of like stopped and I'm like, oh, huh. I might have postpartum depression maybe. Right. Okay. And then I consumed a little bit more with that in mind and I got through it. Okay. So it was, it took like a rock bottom moment of me shaving both sides of my head, both sides. And I don't know what brought that on, but like, that's what happens with moms is you do irrational things. And an identity, I imagine, and who you were before and how you existed is just in an instant. That's the hard part about being a new mom and and what they don't really prepare you for is that when a baby's born, a mother is also born, you become a completely different human being. Right. And it's transformative. And only women have that ability. It's so transformative. You, you, it's just everything that you thought you knew no longer exists. Your priorities shift. Like they just flip, they Mm. shift. It's like going to upside down world. It's nuts. And handling that is hard because no one talks about it. So you have to deal with it by yourself. Like most women do, unless you have a support system or if, you know, like it, it depends of course, but I think most women go through that alone when a baby's born, the focus is usually on the child, which it right. should be. You newborn baby, that's very exciting. It's new to this world. And I feel like the mother's often forgotten Interesting. during that time. And so that's just my point of view. Uh, I had a I had a great support system, but still I was like, I'm over here. Right. Right. <laughs> I did it. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> it makes total sense. It makes total sense. Mm. there's almost a mourning for who you were before happening within you and no one is paying any attention to it almost. I don't know. I can imagine. No, that that is, 
That's exactly what it was. It's mourning. You're mourning for your old self, but you get, you're doing it alone as you're trying very hard to be present right. for this new being that you brought into this world without understanding who you are. So it takes a while to get back into, you know, to get back and settle back into yourself. And it took me shaving the sides of my head and being like, okay, we're awake now. Oh my God, what happened? It just, it takes a little extra oomph to get out of there. Right. And cannabis definitely helped me get out of that hole that I was in. And I finally was like, okay, yeah, I, I remember I'm, I'm a person too. I have needs. I, I like to do things and that's okay. Even if I have a child, I don't need to dedicate everything. I also need to take care of myself. And that's the struggle that moms go through, I think. Right. It also sounds like you actually found a better balance by consuming a bit more. Is that something that science-wise makes sense to you? Or? Yes and no. Yeah, yeah. I think it's unique to the individual. Of course, as, as yeah. everything to do with cannabis tends to be, right? Our endocannabinoid systems are unique. Our needs are unique. Our reactions with the flower are unique. It's not cookie cutter. And that's what makes it so scary because <laughs> you can't really control it. <laughs> like right. pharmaceuticals, you can't do that with cannabis. It's impossible. It's very unique right. to the individual. Then they grow up a little and they're like playing with their friends and their friends are coming over for sleepovers and things are happening where, you know, we're culturally and you have community and things like that. I imagine, I mean, at what point, you must have face stigma the whole way through if you're transparent about your use of, of cannabis. But when kids start talking and telling stories, do yeah. you ever run into some bullshit? Like, and how, oh, yeah. do you, <laughs> how do you handle it? The stigma that they're facing from society. This is where it really hits hard for me is um, a lot of my DMs that I get and I've been doing this for five years, I get a lot of gut-wrenching. Like, oh my God, like, I almost quit a few times because I just can't, you just have, you read it over and over and over again, these similar stories about experiencing the stigma on the playground or at school or with your mom friends or just, mm. I've had those situations. I just approach it really differently. I have this, I don't give a fuck mentality. Mm -hmm. And it's not in like an aggressive mean nope. way. It's, it's more free. just like, yeah. And I've, I've experienced like, for example, I, my, at the playground, this is pre COVID and um, I was sitting at, on the bench, my daughter's playing on the playground. And then this mom comes and her son goes to play with, you know, my daughter. And then the mom's like, so what do you do? And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> and I tell her, cause that's what I do. And um, she was a stay at home mom. Awesome. But um, I told her, oh, I'm a cannabis advocate. I have a, a cooking show. Like I do this, 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 this with cannabis and it's all cannabis and weed and cannabis. And she just like, <laughs> yeah. she looked terrified. I, yeah. I think she probably saw me as some crazy drug dealer, which is, you know, that's what she knows. Yeah, that's kind of how I approach these people when I experience their judgment. It's just like, oh, okay, this is what you think you know. This is what I think I know. Let's talk about it. And whether or not they want to be open or not to it is their business. I'm open. And if you're not, then maybe not today. We can come back to it again. Or you're probably going to go home and look on your phone and then you'll come back next time you see me, you'll flag me down. Like, that's what I hope for. Yeah, just to ask a question. Ask any question. Exactly. And I'm, I'm open. To, I've had a couple of really mean messages and dms of you know mean things 
and they usually end up really nice. And then they end up following me because I just approach it with that mentality of like, let's just talk about this because you're being aggressive and I want to understand why. So tell me what you think you know. Right. And they do. And then, you know, we just have a conversation and just being open, I think is really helpful. It's really hard to do that because that means you're vulnerable and being vulnerable is hard. It's hard to do. And so I think a lot of moms who are experiencing this are often in states where it is illegal. So it's not as open. I've, I live in Oregon and California. So like, you know, right. it's legal here. Right. I'm not doing anything wrong. It's just, it's you, it's not me, it's you kind of thing. But if you're in an illegal state, it could definitely absolutely be a lot more nervous, you know, nerve wracking to come out of the cannabis closet as a, sure. as a cannabis consuming mother. And I think just with legalization, that will help. Mm-hmm. It's you're kind of just stuck, unfortunately. And that that's hard. And hence why I started Cannabis in Parenthood, because if you are in those states, here's a space where you can go to. You can talk to moms. Yeah. That's where my, my page or the community that I'm building really serves as purpose is for moms who don't have anywhere else to go or anybody else to talk to my website and my Instagram page are free spaces. No judgment. I sniff it out pretty quick. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you're building an incredible community of people who are I'm sure just feeling lost and alone. And you're also doing a ton of education, which is, I really think all anyone needs to know to start to open up their minds, hopefully. Mm -hmm. But if they don't open their minds, that's fine too. It's just because I've had people who just block me or just like, no. And it's like, oh, okay, you're not ready. It's just not ready kind of thing. Right. But anyway, always open. (laughs) Always open. We're going to have more and more relevant opportunities and needs for cannabis in our life. We are, I mean, I'm in Canada and we're now in our like 150th day of lockdown or something like that. They just closed schools this morning again. Are you noticing anything changed in terms of what you're <laughs> hearing or curiosity? Or Oh, yeah. My following went. <laughs> no <laughs> doubt. When the lockdown hit, because, you know, people are, are staying at home with their kids. People right. are getting pregnant because, yeah. But yeah, no, my following went up, my engagement went up and there's more questions. And I have a lot more people who are curious. I have people who don't consume, who are thinking about it. Right. Like there's so much more buzz around this topic than there was. Oh yeah. It's it's noticeable. Absolutely. And that's kind of whipped my butt into shape saying, okay, I need to do something with this, which is what's um, fueling my, my um, desire to conduct my own studies Cause I'm very controlling. So like, ugh, no, you're, right. I mean, you're clearly a scientist alongside being an educator and just with a scientific mind. And, and I think that the truth is the only thing that the, the medical community especially listens to, right? Mm-hmm. Like those yeah. numbers, they need those numbers and, and the ball needs to get rolling in terms of more and more research happening in that regard. You know, you always hear about wine mom, got my glass of wine and Sauvignon Blanc and all that kind of thing. And I imagine that more and more people are probably realizing that that's not sustainable during. No, I tried it for a week in lockdown. I was like, you know what? We're going to put away the bud. And I'm, I did this. We're going to put away the bud and I'm going to make me a mimosa. And I'm going to do that this weekend. And it was God awful. 
It was terrible. And I know it works for some women. You know, that's great. That's great for you. If that works, it didn't work for me. And I, I gave it a go. And I'm like this, you know, I'm holding my glass. I'm like, this isn't, this doesn't make sense. Right. I can't do anything. And I want to take a nap. But alongside when I consume, I am, I would be without it. Absolutely. And of course, but during lockdown, there are a lot more pressures that we're all feeling, especially as parents, because we're with our children. We love them so much. We're with our children 24 seven, yeah. love them to death. But the reality of that is a little bit more complex and cannabis definitely helps remove all of those fears and doubts. So you can be present because your children don't know what's going on and to be on edge with them confused is just it, it's not good parenting <laughs> and so cannabis would help me in a way and I think it does help a lot of moms and it has helped a lot of moms um, that I understand just being contacted it helps with engagement it helps with being more present playtime is longer the children are happier and they're comforted because they are confused my daughter's three so she she didn't go to preschool yet so she doesn't know that world yet but for parents who do have children who are older that they had to take out of preschool or school, that must be terrifying for them. I don't, I don't understand it, but that must be terrifying. And I think cannabis helps the parent break it down and explain it at a different level than being the adult. So it's, it, it's very complex. I think there, there's so many sides to it. So when you think like you shouldn't smoke and be a mom, people who do say that I don't genuinely don't know or don't believe they know what they're talking about because there's so much more to just about anything and everything. There's always multiple sides, multiple stories, different points of views. And that's again, goes back to people judging you. They're judging you from like one perspective. And that makes no sense. That's like one dimensional, two dimensional. That makes no sense. We're sentient beings. We're so complex and just while you were talking, you were talking about the mother being born and the mourning mm -hmm. of the old self. I realized that in a very small part of that is if one consumed weed, you know, the way you probably consumed before it probably dies along with your old self yep. and you're <laughs> right. <laughs> and you're sort of looking for maybe more responsible ways or different ways to incorporate cannabis as a wellness product in mm -hmm. your life and throughout different parts of your day. Even among the mom crowd, you still hear about people waiting till after dark or waiting until Fridays in order to open their weed up. But you and I both know the value of incorporating the plant throughout the day. And that there was ways to do that through different formats. There's things like mm -hmm. CBD, there's things like cooking with the plant, even growing the plant and taking care of the plant sort of gives you a different connection with it and a different benefit. So where would someone start? either introducing or reintroducing cannabis into their lives as a parent before before baby yeah bb or bb thank you before child before baby i i was a heavy 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 consumer like it, i i smoked and ate edibles i dabbed it was like the green rush so all of these new products all these innovative vaping you know everything totally. and I was in the business. So I got a lot of, you know, free things and I was just doing whatever, didn't yeah. care. I was like, let's, let's dab. How long is it? No, let's do it. I don't care. 
And I didn't have, I respected the plant and I understood the plant. No, I take it back. I understood the plant, but I didn't respect it because I didn't understand it well enough. I thought I did, but you know, and that was for me. Um, and then after I had my daughter is when I started seeing the plant differently. So I didn't really get serious until after serious about cannabis until after I had a baby. And then I'm like, okay, whoa, 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 let's reevaluate this. Let's understand how it works a little bit more in depth than just, it makes me feel good and right. I can eat more. And, you know, like those like surface level things, let's go deeper. And when I had my baby and how, how I like to recommend it for most moms is that after having a child, you are different. You're very different. Lots of things are different. How you react to things are different. Everything is different mentally and physically. I like to introduce microdosing, okay. slow consumption, yeah. understand your balance, of course. I am a edible consumer. I can't smoke anymore. I have COPD, so I can no longer inhale anything. It's unfortunate, but um, <laughs> that is too much. Yeah, um, I was a, a pretty heavy tobacco smoker when I was okay. living in Japan, so that's what did it. It sucks. No, but it's okay. Yeah, but um, whatever. <laughs> yeah, but um, I like to introduce microdosing, slow and intentional consumption. I also like to provoke and write down like why you consume or why you think you consume. And then after you consume, how do you feel before you consume? And just weighing that out because when going back to what we said earlier about consuming is if you consume more, do, do you think that helps you in comparison to consuming less? That's, that's a double-edged sword really, because I don't, I don't think cannabis is addictive, but I think you can become dependent on it. Mm -hmm. Totally. In a way. And, that and, it, and the habit of it can become mm -hmm. more addictive than the actual plant itself. Yeah. And so you, you said it earlier that some dabbing had too much THC. And I think there is a real beauty in the nuance of less in the plant, mm -hmm. less THC, yeah. less weed than we think we need, just less, do less, but perhaps consistent. it does more. Right. I always thought it did because eventually and how I like to see it or how I view cannabis for me personally, because I consume it for more mental health reasons and I do physical mm -hmm. it's training wheels. Mm -hmm. And so as a new mother, do you still need, do you, do you need those training wheels still is how I like to see it. I'm not saying this in a negative way whatsoever. I mean, there, there's no negative negativity to this when I say training wheels, but eventually, and for me, I would like to no longer use the plant. Right. I'm using the plant to get me to where I want to be. And when I'm there, it's no longer needed. So it's intentional consumption for me. Mm -hmm. So new moms consume microdose, understand why you consume really is the biggest, biggest thing to, you know, achieve is wh why, why, if it's for mental health purposes, what is it? And then slowly, slowly get into a rhythm. Um, some moms like to consume at night time after their kids sleep because they just honestly want to sit down and not be touched or bothered and just you know like have their own little bubble space which I have days like that where I'm just like don't touch me just don't I'm I have days like that animal. and I only have yeah. a dog <laughs> you get it though but th there's still that sense of you understand what I'm saying or you just like I need to be by myself like genuinely need to be by myself with my bag of Cheetos on my bed watching trailer park boys like don't talk to me and I have days like that. And then, and that's fine. And that's normal. And mom shouldn't feel guilty for having days like that because we're people too. For and sure. then 
some days, you know, I'll wake up after breakfast to get make my daughter pancakes. I'm sitting there going, you know, what would be really fun. I say to myself, eating an edible and playing with Legos and crayons all day. That sounds amazing. And I'm lucky where I have the, the, I can do that. I can take a day. So it, it depends on what the mom does, what she thinks she needs and how she feels. I stress intentional consumption. Yes. And that's the biggest thing for me. And that's what my, my page is about intentional consumption and you cannabis in parenthood is about smoking to get high. It's not necessarily recreational, which recreational is fine. It's more medicinal purposes of cannabis and why you consume and understanding that as a parent and as a person is what I like to focus on. Mm-hmm. I think they're both wellness truly. Right. Mm-hmm. I think they both feed into, I think there are obviously medicinal reasons that we need the plant, but I think a lot of people who think they're doing it recreationally are really doing it for wellness reasons. Yeah. You just don't know yet. You just don't know it yet, girl. There is a topic that I would like to discuss that is personal for me, but I think really important to share because I think a lot of women do experience this and go through this. One in eight women do, in fact. But um, I don't know, you know, one in eight women experience this miscarriage and cannabis. Yeah. Which... I had one in okay. January of 2021. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was um, 14 weeks. Okay. So I was one week away from discovering the gender. Okay. And it was insane, which I think a lot of women, when they go through situations like this, it's, you just, you can't grasp reality. It's very hard. And um I kind of knew the sixth week that it was going to happen. I'm very in tune with myself and I could feel it. So I already knew that it was going to happen. And after it did happen, I went to the dispensary and I bought whatever I wanted, whatever I could afford, but you know, whatever I wanted. And I did nothing for a week after. And I was consuming the entire time. And it, definitely helped me shift through my emotions during that time because it was really hard. And what I found most difficult about it is that nobody really talks about it. They don't. They They don't. don't. Mm -mm. After a miscarriage, you're just expected to go on about your day like nothing happened and nobody wants to talk about it because it's so hard to talk about because you don't know how to approach a topic like that. Like as we're talking right now, I'm noticing that things are getting quieter. Well, because it's such a, it's a hard topic know. to think about. <laughs> and if you haven't experienced it, you don't know quite what to say. And if you have experienced mm. it, I'm sure there's a flood of emotion that comes along with it. And I think that I've noticed, because I had a friend who experienced it. And when it happened to her, I said, why don't women talk about this stuff? Like, why mm-hmm. isn't it just open kind of dialogue that this has happened and the pain and, and, and this kind of experience we can come together around. Why is it hush hush? Cause it's terrifying. Yeah. I think, I think, I don't know, but um, women don't talk about it. And I was realizing that more. And that's a topic that I do plan on bringing to cannabis and parenthood again, because I've experienced it. Good. It was um, a miscarriage that ultimately led to an abortion because of complications. Right. So I had, one week of just bleeding and then feeling that was the week I was consuming right. of feeling like my, my baby's dying. Right. And it was 
no, you, you can't talk to anybody. And so I definitely will incorporate that topic to my page because I think out of all things that probably hurts the most. Mm. And that's why it's so hard to talk about because what do you say? So I do plan on incorporating that topic as well to cannabis and parenthood alongside of pregnancy, breastfeeding, postpartum depression, miscarriage and abortion. So I'm encompassing it all. <laughs> Good. I'm so glad to hear it. And it all in some degree, whether we realize it or not, carries a bit of stigma in our society mm-hmm. and culture and just in terms of what we feel comfortable talking about. So the more illumination that you're doing, that more education, I mean, it just, it helps. So even if it helps one person, but I believe that it, it truly helps more people than, than you'll really ever have the, the blessing to know and to realize. I'm down with just one, like, honestly, right. like my, uh, when I first started out and I had DMS of like, this helps me so much. And I would be like, I am so fucking happy. You said totally. that. Because, you're you're yeah, the reason I'm doing it. Right. You're the reason I'm doing it. And that's, it. I stress that all the time. I'm like, there's just no way in hell that I could do any of this without the women that follow my page and the women who comment and the women that engage with me, because it's hard to do all of it. It's, it's hard to talk about it. It's hard to be open about it. And I couldn't be doing any of it, any of it, if I didn't have the women backing me up or the parents backing me up, it's just not possible. And so, so- with my power comes theirs. Like, it's like, I don't have power unless I have people supporting me. Yeah. 100%. Okay. So tell everyone where they can find you and join you and be a part of the community. Yes. You can find me on cannabis and I will be updating the website. It's going to have a complete new makeover. Cause I learned some new tricks <clears throat> and, um, fresh that so off her shoulder. Seriously. <laughs> that lot of YouTube videos. Okay. Right. But, um, I am going to be updating the website. I have a lot of new things coming. I don't typically like to share what I have coming because I get copied a lot. And when I get copied, they don't do it the way I like it. And then I get upset. So I'm like, you're doing it wrong. Instagram's (laughs) way, unfortunately, we just go with um, it and keep paving the way and trailblazing, honestly. At my own pace, I go very slow, but (laughs) I like it. So cannabisandparenthood.com. You can also find me at Cannabis and Parenthood on Instagram. And then you can follow if you want to go deeper down the rabbit hole. That is me my personal page, Kira Faye. Yeah. Amazing. I always like to ask people what their favorite flower ever is, or you can give me two or you can give me top two. Okay. Canatonic. That was the first flower I smoked Mm -hmm. two to one ratio CBD THC. Love it. Yeah. It's good. It's so good. Oh my God. I used to eat it raw. Like that's. Can you do that? Oh yeah. 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 I eat butt all the time. I used to chew on it all the time. It's wonderful. It doesn't mean you're going to get the really good sticky stuff though. Like don't eat the dry stuff. Eat the sticky. sticky. Yeah. 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 Okay. (laughs) Good to know. And, um, and it has the same benefits, THCA. So it's not the psychoactive component, you know, THC because the acidic compounds still there because you don't burn it off. But, um, THCA is kind of similar in ways of CBD where it has those like similar medicinal benefits. And then there's green crack. Yeah. Sounds exactly like it is. A it's a scary name for some people, but it's a great high. Um, it's like, <laughs> I haven't had it because I'm in Oregon. So I have Oregon weed, which Oregon weed's good. It's good. But like California and Oregon, you know, 
Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Morgan. Okay. Good to know. California was better. And the green crack there was just like, I got so much shit done <laughs> when I was smoking it. Love that. It was, it was nuts. Yeah. I, I love that. It's a daytime. Us, but especially mm-hmm. a mom, but especially a parent. If you can kind of leave one big message for our listeners today, it can be anyone or it can be parents specifically. What would it be? Smoke or consume intentionally. I really, really stress that that people, when they consume cannabis or even try to get into the plant, I, I stress intention because I, I think it's just so, so important. I try to avoid lifestyle and, you know, like all these fancy new things with all the cool packaging. Like I really just see the plant for what it is and not how it's dressed up to be. I think it's really, really important to understand the roots more so and not be drawn away from like the holistic benefits of the plant I it's not a cookie cutter thing so really intention and understand your relationship with it really why why do you consume what does it do for you why do you consume this way and not that way should you switch it up like really just understand how your body reacts to the plant because that's what it is your body is reacting to a plant and I want people to know what that means in a a sense, which is why I run an educational page on my Instagram. (laughs) Like I want you to understand what that means and what it means for you and how you can benefit from it and how you can grow with it instead of just consuming. So, which is fine. Kira, this has been such an incredible hour. You are truly blazing new trails in this space. You're doing amazing education, amazing work. It's the good work. It's the good work. And I thank you on behalf of all of our listeners. This is High Tea Life. Thanks for listening. Check us out on Insta at hightea.life. Like us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and all the other things. Join our invite list and holla at your girl by visiting hightea.life.